0: A certain man from Cyrene, Simon, the father of Alexander and Rufus, was passing by on his way in from the country, and they forced him to carry the cross. They brought Jesus to the place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. Then they offered him wine mixed with myrrh, but he did not take it, and they crucified him. Dividing up his clothes, they cast lots to see what each would get it was nine in the morning when they crucified him the written notice of the charge against him read the king of the Jews they crucified two rebels with him one on his right and one on his left those who passed by hurled insults at him shaking their heads and saying So you are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days. Come down from the cross and save yourself. In the same way, the chief priests and the teachers of the law mocked him amongst themselves. He saved others, they said, but he can't save himself. Let this Messiah, the King of Israel, come down now from the cross that we may see and believe. Those crucified with him also heaped insults on him. At noon, darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. And at three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani. God, why have you forsaken me? When some of those standing near heard this, they said, listen, He's calling Elijah. Someone ran and filled a sponge with wine vinegar, put it on a staff and offered it to Jesus to drink. Now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to take him down, he said. With a loud cry, Jesus breathed his last. The curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And when the centurion who stood there in front of Jesus saw how he died, he said, surely this man was the son of God.
1: Good Friday. Why is Good Friday good? Was it good for Simon of Cyrene? Was Simon in the wrong place at the wrong time? Was it just was he just plain unlucky on that day? Or was he in exactly the right place at the right time? Was he supremely fortunate? It all depends on how he responded to the events of that day. God's kingdom turns the world order on its head. Nothing is as it seems. Simon of Cyrene had probably traveled for many days with his sons Alexander and Rufus to celebrate the Passover in Jerusalem. No doubt he was tired from his journey and was just looking forward to a rest, some refreshment and a wash. As he approached Jerusalem, he would have seen a crowd proceeding out of the city gates and alongside them a disfigured and bloody man, hardly recognizable as a human being. This wretched man carrying a cross was surrounded by Roman soldiers and judging by the scene in front of him, Simon may have deduced that this was a terrible man, someone who had done something terribly wrong. Perhaps he was a murderer. Perhaps he was a leader of an insurgent. Perhaps Simon was curious about this man. Perhaps he was intrigued to know what he had done. But more likely, he was somewhat afraid. So many soldiers and a noisy mob was the last thing he needed. Simon probably hoped to just slip by, unnoticed. Suddenly a nightmare scenario occurred. A soldier grabbed Simon and pulled him from the crowd and commanded him to carry the cross. Why me? He probably protested at the injustice of it. I have done nothing wrong. I don't know the man. What have I done to deserve this? Why should I be tarnished with this sinner's guilt and shame? or soil my hands and clothes with his blood. As a side note, the soldiers didn't act out of mercy here. Their orders were to crucify Jesus. And they knew that if they didn't carry out their orders in full, they would be punished themselves. And as Jesus had been mercilessly beaten and flogged to an inch of his life, there was a risk that he would die on the way. So the soldiers pulled a man out of the crowd to carry the cross. In that moment though, Simon's life was turned upside down. What Simon didn't know or understand then, but which I believe later he did come to understand, was contrary to the appearances, this man Jesus was not a murderer or a dangerous criminal or a sinner, but rather he is the author of life. He is the Prince of Peace He is the only man who ever lived who has never sinned. Despite what it looked like, Jesus was not suffering for his own wrongdoing or getting what he deserved. He was not being forced to his death against his will. Rather, he had taken upon himself the punishment of others, even the punishment of Simon. Jesus chose the cross. In Romans 3, 23 to 25, we read, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Jesus Christ. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of his blood to be received by faith. And Romans 6, 23 reads, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. In Christ Jesus our Lord. The truth is that Simon was the sinner, not Jesus. And Jesus took upon himself the penalty of Simon's sin, which was death. Jesus, the Son of God, is the only one without sin and therefore the only one who could take away Simon's sin. But why would Jesus do that for Simon? Romans 5.8 says, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. It was out of God's great love for Simon that Jesus took Simon's place on the cross that day. Contrary to what Simon might have thought at first, Jesus' blood on his hands and clothes would not soil him, but cleanse him. Jesus' blood is not a thing of revulsion, but something of immeasurable value and an expression of perfect love. And to know Jesus and be associated with him is not something to deny but to embrace and indeed to shout with joy from the rooftops. This condemnation to death, the rugged cross, the blood should have been Simon's, but Jesus chose to take his place that day. Jesus had lived the perfect life that Simon had not lived and was about to die the death that Simon deserved. At nine in the morning, the soldiers crucified Jesus and placed the written notice of the charge against him, which read, the King of the Jews. At noon, darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. In deepest distress, Jesus cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? In his final act of taking our punishment on himself, Jesus was separated from his father. The most distressing punishment of all. And as Jesus breathed his last, the heavy curtain of the temple, which separated God and mankind, was torn in two from top to bottom. So is Good Friday good for you? It depends on how you respond to the events of that day. And guess what? And I guess you've already guessed it. Throughout this reflection, Simon's name can be replaced with your name and my name. This was not just another brutal execution at the hands of Rome, it was the perfect sacrifice conceived out of love and made once and for all time and for all mankind, and that includes you and me. Jesus, the Lamb of God, laid down his life to open a way for all who believe in him to be reconciled to the Father. If you accept Jesus, Good Friday is indeed good. Because on that day, your sins were nailed to the cross. Your punishment was placed on Jesus. On that day, the penalty of your sin was paid in full. And if you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, God the Father looks at Jesus, looks at us and sees Jesus. And he calls us a son of God, a child of God. How good is that? But the story does not end at Good Friday, as we know. On the third day, Jesus rose from the grave. Death could not hold him. He had conquered sin and death. This man of sorrows, this lamb of God, this king of kings who wore a crown of thorns, purchased and redeemed you and me with his blood the precious blood of Jesus, which covered Simon's hands and clothes, covers over our sins. We've just sung, now my debt is paid in full by the precious blood of Jesus. Now the curse of sin has no hold on me. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Jesus is victorious. Jesus is our Lord and Savior. Hallelujah, all praise and honor to him. Good Friday is not good for everyone, though. In John 3, 36, we read, "'Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life, "'but whoever rejects the Son will not see life, "'for God's wrath remains on them.'" Sadly, not everyone who encounters Jesus believes in him and accepts his free but immeasurably costly gift of eternal life. We read in Mark 15 that, "'Those who pass by hurled insults at him, and that the chief priests and teachers of the law mocked him. If we reject Jesus, our guilt remains. On the other hand, the centurion who stood in front of Jesus and saw how he died was moved to proclaim, surely this man was the Son of God. And in Luke's Gospel account, we read that one of those crucified next to Jesus also believed in him and was saved that day. And what about Simon of Cyrene? Did the events of Good Friday lead him to come to faith in Jesus? Many scholars think so. This would explain why Matthew, Mark, and Luke all mention his name in their accounts of that day, and also why his two sons were named. This indicates that Simon and his sons were known to the early church. We know from Acts 2.10 that people from Cyrene were among the first Christian believers at the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came and the apostles and the crowd heard the wonders of God proclaimed in their own language. However, the more important question for today is, how do you respond to God's love for you? How do you respond to Jesus' sacrifice on the cross? Is Good Friday good for you personally?